And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Well, here we are once again. It is the Weighing In Podcast number 212. I wish I had something to come up with like robbery. I can't damn do it on this one. But we're here to talk about the happenings in the mixed martial arts world. There's a lot going on. And my man, Josh Thompson, has always got something to say and is always ending up on the internets with his comments. I wonder why. Because I'm always right. That's <laughs> ah! nah, what it is, you know what it is, John. People don't like the truth, and I have a hard time not speaking it. Don't get me wrong. Like I know I probably sometimes shouldn't say things, but the reality of it is, is that sometimes it needs to be said. And, and it doesn't matter how much you care for someone, no matter how much you like somebody as a fighter or whatever it is. Just because you speak the truth. And those fighters actually tend to understand. It's the fans that don't seem to understand. They think you're jabbing at people. But look, we're going to get into a lot of stuff. But before we do all of that, you guys, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel as well as all of our audio platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Those are all available for you guys listening if you guys are stuck in traffic. So we want to thank you guys for subscribing to us. Also, in our main YouTube channel, there's a link down below for our Waiting in Extras channel. Hit that. We do a special show, which we're going to film right after we film this show called Wayne Interjection. So hopefully you guys hit that link. That'll take you to our Wayne in Extras channel and you guys can subscribe to that. It's a fun show. We do eight to 12 minutes long. It's very energetic, very loud, very a lot of yelling back and forth between John and I and uh, very obnoxious, to be honest. But it's definitely fun. And so hopefully you guys enjoy that show as well. Little content, some extra things that we're doing for you guys today. Let's get into uh, some stuff there, uh, Dave. Let's get into some news. I think we're going to do a QA and a today, I believe, right? Yep, fan questions we'll do later. All right, fan mm-hmm. questions. Trouble. Let's go. There are many the fans of Wayne in want to know. They have <laughs> questions that need to be answered. Need so, to be answered. This uh, first story, let's get your thoughts on this. So, uh, Dana, so Francis apparently, Francis Ngannou apparently has one fight left in his contract and Dana came out and basically said, uh, you know, if you don't want to be with us, you know, go find go find something elsewhere. But um, he was talking to Brett Okamoto um, and he did confirm that Francis has one fight left in his contract and it sounds mm-hmm. like Francis does want to test what options okay. he has. Well, Francis has one fight left on his contract unless Francis wins. Yep. Then he'll have another fight on his contract. <laughs> That's just like... Yeah, and this is not this is not saying anything bad about the UFC. I totally understand why they do it. They don't want, and they've had it happen long ago in the past. They don't want their champion walking away with their belt and going to fight for somebody else. Exactly, Randy Couture. Yeah, well, you know, and this is, it is, you know, it's it's when you are the UFC, you're in a position where you can't win. All right, you really can't because if you're champion you know wins their last fight and then walks off with the belt and then goes and fights somewhere else and loses then it it diminishes your product and they don't want that happening you know they're okay if you go off with a loss but they're not okay if you're going to go off with the belt and then lose somewhere else that doesn't do a good you know have a good look for their product and i can understand it but there has to be that point where yeah the ufc has always been good about if you are fighting, you're their champion, and you're fighting well, look, they're going to pay you, and they're going to pay you good money, and you're going to get pay-per-view money, and there's all kinds of things. And even if if you end up not fighting on a pay-per-view card, they're going to help. They're going to work it out in your contract for you so you get extra money. 
they're not trying to chintz the champions. I think that Francis is upset with the way things have, you know, it's a personality thing. It's not so much, I don't think, the money thing completely. I think there's a personality thing. He doesn't like the fact that they did the interim title. There's all kinds of things, but, you know, if, if he goes somewhere else, the UFC's losing a great fighter because he's fun. Look at there's no one more explosive in the sport than Francis Ngannou. Derek Lewis might be right there with him, but no one else has got their power. I mean, he's just got the ability to put anyone's lights out at any moment. So that's not someone they want to lose. Yeah, I think the money situation kind of started the whole thing and started, you know, because he yeah. didn't get, he's not, you know, he wanted the, he wanted that championship type money. <clears throat> so I think that right there is kind of where the problem started. I think now that, that was pushed aside, they're into this next fight, but then the serial gone thing situation with the interim title, all of that stuff happened. And, and I don't that think that's even worse. You got to think it, it probably didn't help that, it, you know, Cyril gone is an ex teammate and mm -hmm. training out of the camp that he used to fight with all of that stuff added up to not being pleasant in his mind. Yeah. It just seemed like you being sabotaged right off the yeah. bat. As soon as you win the title. <clears throat> now, all of those things aside, I, I agree with you. Look, you guys, and we've talked about this before is that there is on my contract that I have with the UFC. It was three fights. If I got to the title shot, even if I didn't win, <clears throat> it was an extension of three fights. Okay. So if I fought for the title, extended my contract, three fights, it sounds like with his, it, do it doesn't have that, but we do know that every time a fighter fights for the title and retains it, it extends for one more fight. <clears throat> And that's a big reason why Chris Cyborg didn't want to fight Amanda Nunes for the one fight deal. Because she knew if she won that, it would extend her one fight, two fight, whatever it is. Every time you defend and you win, it extends you another fight. Now, I've been told by other matchmakers that they copy a very similar style of contract um, to the UFC. But they were, but they were the way they were explaining it to me is that you legally, by law, cannot continue to keep extending them forever and ever and ever. So it's up to the UFC's obligation, basically their obligation, to re-sign them during the time they have them extended. And they do that, and they generally do because yeah. you know, honestly, as a, as as their champions, they they do pay their champions very damn well. Now, yeah. back in the day, it wasn't always the case, <laughs> and that well, how was the far thing. back in the day. Well, I can go back. I can go back to the. I can go back to the Sean Shirk and Kenny Florian days when Sean yeah. Shirk was fighting. I believe Kenny Florian when, when that UFC title first came back. I was making in strike force, and I wasn't the champ at the time. I was making more than both of those guys to fight for the title. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know what I mean. And so, like those days, but that was when they started bringing the weight class back. Now that weight class is murderers row, and so yeah. a lot of those guys in that weight class are getting paid because they all deserve it. And so, um, I think as time's gone on. The UFC has made some adjustments based off of who sells tickets, who puts butts in the seats, uh, who sells pay-per-views, and is very marketable. You know what I mean? And they make the adjustments that they go. Look, four years ago, we weren't talking about Charles Oliveira, five years ago, or four years ago. Whatever. We weren't talking about Charles Oliveira being a contender in the 45-pound division or the 55-pound division. You know, like, sure, he was good, but he wasn't that guy. Now look at him. I mean, they'd be foolish. He's got a like, like uh, Dustin was saying. He's got one of those big ass smiles. He's got beautiful teeth. <laughs> he looks like a librarian, man. He's got great glasses. Yeah, it's awesome. Glasses, good looking kid, you know, <laughs> yeah. and just you know, he's he's built well. Like he carries himself well, very proper. And so, I think they finally have stuck behind him in terms of the Francis Ngannou situation, John. 
it started off, I think, with the money situation. They probably wanted to renegotiate after he won. Let's get this deal done. Now he's got one more fight left. They didn't want to do that. Now the interim title came about. That rubbed him even more wrong. Yeah. So, look, if he wins, you guys, he's going to be extended again. He's not going to be able to test the free market. There's no way he's testing that free agency. There's no way. Okay? He's going to be extended one more fight. And that's why you saw with Chris Cyborg. She's like, no, I'm not signing a one-fight deal because if I do beat her, then I'm going to be stuck here. And that's true. You're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck here for one more fight. And if you win again, you'll be stuck here for one more fight. And it's a continuous thing. So I don't know how they get away with it, continuing to do that for long periods of time. Or maybe they've just never had to do that because they've continued to re-sign their champions because they do pay pretty damn well for their champions now. Yeah, when you're the champion, there's it's a, it's a nice contract with a good amount of money. Sometimes they're signing bonuses and everything out there. And so... Look, they're taking care of their champions, and so that's why they're able to re-sign them. But yes, there is a, you can't just walk with that belt. You do owe them another fight, and then if you fight on that one, you're going to owe them another fight. And it may, it can be where, you know, you can only do it so long, but you're gambling yep. with your career at that time if you're not re-signing with them, trying to get to that point of free agency. And so, you know, what they're going to offer you and what's going to be there for you, it'd be crazy not to take it. I figure if he beats Gone, I think that they get a deal done. Oh, I no doubt. They're gonna, no doubt. They're, but I don't understand why they don't just do the deal now. That's what I don't get. <sighs> See, I I don't either. And when, when I'm saying it, I I look at like heavyweights are they're a different breed, and you you know people are gonna say whatever they want. There's they're rare. Mm -hmm. Good big guys are rare, and this is a guy that man. I don't know the numbers and I don't know all the dynamics behind it with the UFC, but you know, people seem to want to see Francis Ngannou fight mm -hmm. and it's because he can knock people out. And so I can't believe that their numbers aren't at least, you know, adequate when, he, when Francis is on the card, it just seems to me that, you know, it's almost a personality thing. It'll get worked out. Francis will get the yeah. money he deserves, but if he loses this fight, with gone, which is a possibility. Mm -hmm. If they let him walk, I think they're crazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're going to let him walk. I don't. I mean, but there might be a lot of a lot of back and forth being done between the manager and Dana, and, and a lot of what Ngano's come out and said, you know, publicly that may have pissed Dana off. And you know, when Dana gets a wild hair up his ass and he gets upset with someone. It's kind of a, it's all or nothing. You either jump on my bandwagon or yeah. fucking, you can just sit on the sideline. We're fucking good with it. Yep. You know, so it, it's that way, but <clears throat> it is what it is. I think that he's going to figure, either way, he's going to figure it out. And either way, no matter where he goes, he's going to make a lot of money. Yeah. That's really what's going to come down to it. A heavyweight like that, they're, they're, they're few and far between that are that explosive, that are that marketable with the backstory that he has. The power he possesses, the ability now that he is actually learning how to wrestle a little bit better. Yep. You know, he's learning how to stuff takedowns and, and, and being able to touch people at any moment with the explosive power he has. I think that he his marketability is definitely still there. He's so no still young he in the sport. Hmm. He's young. He hasn't been doing it. Sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. crazy. <clears throat> Next. All right. Let's get you guys' thoughts on Dana White. Again, same interview, he talked about Francis Ngannou. He also said he thinks Nick Diaz should be done, should retire from MMA. Um, he said he don't, doesn't think Nick loves loves doing it. Um, one comment he made, which I found kind of <clears throat> a good analogy, was he said he, th he thinks like Nick Diaz is one of those guys where 
when you're going to your 95 job and you're sitting in rush hour traffic bumper to bumper like you're just so frustrated you hate it um and he said that's how he feels nick diaz thinks about mma well nick came out and said that he's like you know i don't i don't really like fighting i'm just good at it so i i mean for me honestly i feel with him I got a lot from the first fight in terms of that. I don't think he should retire. I think he should fight again, but I think that he needs to spend and dedicate a lot more time to the jitsu aspect of it. Maybe a little bit more of the wrestling, trying to get himself back on track. The first fight's never the easiest to come back to the crowd, the energy, the anxiety, the fight preparation, the week of the interviews, all of those things after being away for so long is something new. You've got to redevelop yourself. You have to re invent yourself to understand how this all works how much more ex- i mean look at what sean brady said the other day when we talked to him he's like i didn't expect when i was on the main card or you know in that for it to be the way it was yeah. i didn't expect it to be like that well that's what it is now this guy's been away forever now sure he's been in the spotlight for the longest time but being away that long and then coming back it's a lot to absorb there's a lot to take in there's a lot to understand how much the game has changed since then how much more media follows you know, him around, how much more media is involved in what he's doing the week of the fight. I mean, there's lots and lots that goes into this. I'd like to see him fight again. Now, that being said, I want to see him fight somebody that I believe that I think would be a good fight for him. I mean, I don't know who that is yet. I'd have to go through the rankings and see. I also don't think he should be fighting someone in the top 10, maybe give him someone in the top 15, but that top 10, maybe top eight, eight and above, I could see, but not, not, don't give him anyone below seven. Seven or eight. Don't give him those guys. I want to see him. I want to see him fighting somebody in the 15 to the eight range, somewhere in there, possibly. Okay. So you, you, you just confused the hell out of me with what you of were saying. Of course I did. You're, you're saying that you don't want to see him fight someone in the top eight. No. You want him eight down to 15. Yes. Okay. Who's, who's going to be the guy that's going to light a fire under his ass and make him want to be in that? I don't know, John. And that's, uh, the see, that's, that's the, the thing with him is the motivation when you've been doing it that long and the motivation yep. is hard. And is he fighting at 85 or is he making the cut to 70? Because I don't think he's going to fight at 85. I, don't I mean, know. 70, sorry. I don't think he's going to make 70. I think well, he his last one was supposed to be 70, but it was at 85. But it wasn't, yeah. Is what they ended up going to. So you take a look and you go, you know, I don't know who the, who the guy in there. And to me, it would be someone like a Masvidal. Darren Till. That would be a fight. Well, Darren Till is going to be at the 85. Okay, that's fine. I was yeah, looking at 70. Yeah, Nick's not making 70, I don't think. <laughs> Man, well, I don't know, think I don't he know. has the desire to make 70. I, think I would that, love to see him fight Masvidal. I think that Dana is correct in that, hey, man, if you're not going to be 100% into doing this, don't do it. And I understand what Dana is saying, and I agree with it in the fact that, man, this is what we, we say it all the time. If you're not 100% in, be a hundred percent out because it's just going to be, you know, painful and ugly and it's not going to be good for you. And Nick is as tough as they come. And I love the guy. And I think, you know, he's such a good guy and he's got, you know, persona that people, you know, the perception of what he is and who he truly is. It's two different things. And he is a good fucking guy who will, you know, spend time, you know, with people and give you the shirt off his back. If it's something that he looks at, that's important. You know, he's, he's not, he's not what people perceive him to be is this, you no. know, just thug. He's not a thug. He's a very intellectual as far as what he cares about. 
he is involved with, he cares about it deeply, he will help other people with it. I just think that, you know, in some way, there's that, you know, he can make a lot of money fighting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you know, it's tough to walk away when there's that kind of money on the table, you know? Yeah. But sometimes it's the right thing to do. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it is. And and he's the only one that can, you know, make that choice. And whichever one he makes, I'm 100% behind him, you know. If you if you say, no, I'm going to continue to do this, then, hey, put everything you have into it and, and be as good as you can be. And if it's you say, hey, I'm done. You know, it's just I, I just don't love it anymore. I'm 100% behind you, man. And whatever you do, yeah. I will support you. Because he's been phenomenal for the sport. The, for the personality he has, he doesn't like, and, you, and this is one of the things you were talking about, Nick does not like being in crowds. Nick does not yeah. like being surrounded by people. Nick does not like people stuffing a microphone in his face and talking. That's just not who he is. And now it's twice as much as when his last fight, as far as how much it's <laughs> happening and how many yep. people want interviews and stuff. So it's only going to ramp up and, and intensify. And if he's not liking it now, it's not going to get any better as far as the media. You know, honestly, if I was, if I'm looking at 170, how about a Kiesa fight? Yeah, but this, yeah, I, I think it's a great fight. I think it's a fun yeah. fight. But does he get up for it? Yeah. Is he motivated by it? And I, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. I said the Masvidal based upon, look, you know, his brother called out Masvidal. They had the BMF fight. You know, it got stopped on cuts. You know, maybe that would be something that he would, hey, mm-hmm. throw that belt on the line. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be great. But, you know, that, that's that's all in his head, and he's going to have to figure out what it is that's going to motivate him. Yep. No, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, I look at a Ponsonibio also. That would be just a fun fight. Over. Yeah, it's but, not going to motivate him, John. I get it. It's not going to yeah. motivate him. Okay. But yeah. it would be a fun fight. Style-wise, yeah. Ponsonibio throws fun- a lot. Yeah, I'm looking at fun fights. I think for the fans, it would motivate fans and get them, you know, get get them uh, to actually tune in and watch. Yeah. So if I'm thinking, I'm thinking Kiesa because of the jiu-jitsu. He doesn't have great stand-up, but he's got good stand-up. But the two of them on the feet would be great, and the two of them on the ground would be great. Yeah. So I'm looking at that fight. Um, Masvidal for sure. I would look into that fight. I mean, Stephen Thompson's gonna drop. I don't really. I actually, to be honest, I don't want to see that fight, but. I like both of them, so I'd like to, you know, mix that in. I want to, for me, a nostalgia thing. I'd like to see both of them fight. That actually would be kind go, of a cool fight. Possibly would, yeah. But I just Nick doesn't have the ability to take him down. Exactly, the feet, that's Nick the whole point. The feet, but Nick on the feet, though, he'd take a lot of kicks. His style is just not the amount of side kicks yeah. to the body, the amount of leg kicks, the amount of head kicks, all of those things. I don't know. It would, it would, it'd be interesting. But he could, he look, he, you know, he would be, would be stepping forward, throwing on him, and yeah. so. All depends on how much room Stephen Thompson has to maneuver. And if I look at 85, I look at Darren Till. I look at maybe Chris Weidman for his return fight. Maybe. <clears throat> you know, I mean, like, it's a return fight. There's a story there. Both of them, you know, coming off losses. Both yeah. of them, you know, I don't know. I just, like, a little bit of that, like, hey, Weidman's coming off the injury, the loss. Nick's coming off the long layoff and the loss, so... I could see that potentially at 85. I just don't think it's good for him. I think all those guys are just, just, yeah. <clears throat> you know I mean? If you, if you see, I think Darren Till would just be fun for the shit talk. Him and Sean Strickland <laughs> would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just too big for, for Nick <clears throat> at that weight. He just, I don't know, Strickland used to fight at one seventy two. 
I think he still just, I think he would just end up bullying him around. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Anyways. All right. Next. Next story. So, um, Bala Muhammad, after his win over Stephen Thompson, has called out Chimaev. Um, in addition to that, um, get your thoughts on that. But um, in Dana White's interview, this long interview he did with Brett Okamoto. Um, Boy, you also- listen to Dana White a lot, don't you? <laughs> it was a long interview and it was a good one. It was like a year in review, so it was a really good interview. Um, and he also said that he did say that Neil Magny is one of the guys who um, is willing to fight Chimaev as well. So where everybody's saying nobody wants to fight Chimaev, there's two two names on the table and Bilal. You know, after that big win is one of them. Huh. There's also a third name on the table that said that he would fight him. Vicente Kobe Luque. Covington. I thought Kobe Covington said the same thing. Eh, I'm not sure. The, I never heard Covington say he would, you know, that's the guy I want to fight. Oh. So he just said if he comes down here, we have to send him back up there. Yeah. So I get it. I understand that. <clears throat> Vicente Luque, I didn't hear him call him out. He just, You're saying he called him out too? No, he said, he goes, he said, send me the contract. I'll sign it right now. Well, Vicente Luque is nasty, man. Vicente Luque is <laughs> he's good, good, but he's good. So is Chimaev. Yeah, Chimaev's look. Everyone's gonna sit there. I've watched him fight before he was in the UFC. He's good. Mm-hmm. You know, this is it, it, Josh. This is the exact scenario that we have talked about so many times that everyone goes, "Oh, you're always trying to put the UFC down." There's nothing about putting the UFC down when I build or say that another fighter in another organization is really good. That's not putting the UFC down. This this guy was fighting in Brave. He was fucking knocking the shit out of people. I was like, holy Christ, man. This guy's good, and he could wrestle, and he could stand, and I was like, this guy's going to be something. And then all of a sudden, I saw he was signed with the UFC, and I said, oh, they got a good one. And he's undefeated there, and this is the whole point. There's guys that are really good fighters in other organizations that are out there. And Shemaev is just, now that he's stepped over to the UFC, he's still doing the same thing. Yeah, I think that, I mean, as long as he just keeps performing the way he's performing, it doesn't matter which one of these guys. I mean, if you're going to look at how he's going to work his way up the rankings, you got Bilal, then you've got, you got Bilal, and you got Vicente, and then you've got Colby that are in that mix. So if you just do it that way, you go Bilal first because Bilal just yep. coming off the win. He's ready to fight. He didn't take really any damage in that Steven Thompson fight. Maybe you have him fight, you know, sometime in February. Get that fight signed and then see what happens between, that, you know, those two guys. And then the winner of that will potentially move up and try and fight someone like like uh, Vicente Luque. You know, Colby Covington is the guy who's kind of in the mix there only because he's already fought the champion twice and lost to him both times. So there's not really much room he can go up any further. So he's going to have to start fighting those guys that are. Rank number six, number five, number three, start knocking them out of there. Well, he's going to have to knock those guys out to prove that they shouldn't be, you know, put above him so he gets another shot. Yeah, that's going to be a while before he gets a shot. Not an easy (laughs) thing, but. Yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, the the Bilal fight kind of interested me because Bilal showed against Stephen Thompson that that his wrestling, his aggressiveness, his shape, all of those things is there. Now, is Chemaev the same type of cardio and conditioning? Because he gets everyone out of there so fast. Does he have the endurance to go hard for a full three or a full five if they're the main event? First off, I don't think he's gone three in his career. Yeah, I've watched him go into the second round. Okay. Uh, he went in, in fact, his first fight in the UFC went into the second round. I know he went into the second round uh, before he was in the UFC, but not far. He, look at yeah. he's good. <laughs> he gets rid of people, man. What are you gonna say? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
He hasn't. I don't think he's ever. Dave, you'd have to check. Check to see if Tobias ever even entered the third round. I don't think he has. Just waiting for this to load. Uh, He has not. Boom. He's gone to the end of the second. Oh, sorry. No, that was. He's gone a minute and 15 seconds into the second. Yeah. Hmm. That's because he's good. (laughs) He's just good, man. The guy's got it. It's, look, he can be beat. Anybody can be beat. Yeah. But you know, you touch him on the chin, he's human, he will go down. But it's not an easy thing to do, and he's getting into you quickly. His wrestling is his transitions are fantastic. He chains things together, and then he's got power in his hands. He can smack. And he's got a beautiful uppercut he throws. He's got a an uppercut hook combo that's just fantastic. It's money for him. Yeah. We'll see. As he He's as good. as he goes up in the levels, the third round will will show itself. Somewhere yeah, I, think along he's got the way. A, I think he's got a decent chance at winning the title at seventy. I think oh, yeah. eighty five, eighty five. I think he gets stuck in that four to one range. I don't think he wins the title at eighty five. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he is tall, long, and lanky. But I mean, is he's a different type of tall, long, and lanky? You know. And then Robert Whitaker is good all the way around. I think Paul Acosta is just one of those guys you just don't know where to take with him because he's so he's so explosive. You don't know what what type of fight he's going to fight. Vittori, he's just a dog. He could potentially mm-hmm. try to grind on him for the full five rounds because it will be a main event if they were to fight. And there's a lot of good fights from him at 85, but I think at 70 he needs to make that title run. He's got a good chance. <clears throat> he's going to have a hard time with guys like uh, Covington and guys like Usman, obviously. But I think even Gilbert Burns, I think he might have a hard time with. Well, for, you know, if that fight hits the ground with Gilbert, I mean, he could be in well, a lot of trouble. Look, anybody that hits the ground with Gilbert, there's the possibility of a submission occurring and not going your way. But yeah, yeah there's a reason why you fight the fight. We'll find out. Yep. True. Next, next story. Uh, let's get your thoughts on Junior DeSantos signing with Triller, and he is set to face Kubrat Pulev. Look, I'm I'm a hundred percent behind Junior Dos Santos signing with someone if he wants to continue his fighting career. The fact that they're going to put him against Puliev, people are not freaking considering who Puliev is. This is a guy who, a couple of fights ago, fought the heavyweight champion of the world in Anthony Joshua. All right, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is the heavyweight champion of the world. Don't, don't, don't discredit Tyson Fury like that. I'm not, I'm Put not some respect on Tyson Fury's name. There was, there was two, baby. Okay. There's only one that matters. Tyson fucking Fury. The WBC is very happy with your selection. But, yes, but they should be. I'm just, you know, this is not, it's crazy. It's like taking a fucking boxer. It's like taking Canelo, all right, an incredible fighter, be someone besides Canelo, but taking an incredible boxer and sticking him in with someone that is an MMA guy that just fought for the title. It'd be like taking, you know, well, let's see, fucking yeah, Canelo's fighting it that way. So Canelo and putting him in with Colby Covington in an MMA fight. Canelo's got one chance at landing a good shot, and then he's fucked. He's gonna be off of his feet, and he's gonna be just getting pounded on because he doesn't, he won't know how to get away with it. And that's what this is. I mean, you're throwing him in because it's basically boxing rules. They switched it a little. You can do the spinning back fist. You can, you know, collar tie and throw still, and and so hold and hit, dirty box. But it's it's all basically the skill set of Puliev. It's not like he can kick him. Is this in the in the Dorito chip? Yes, it's Are in the Dorito chip. 
It's in the Dorito chip. He's fighting yeah, well. in fiery nachos. And MMA gloves, though, John. Don't care. I, I, I mean, like, I think he's got he's got a better chance than Frank Mir did. I mean, he's well, got power. He's a better stand up fighter than Frank. He's a better stand up guy. He's got power. He's got movement. You know, I mean, like, I'll tell you what. Here, uh, let's just let's just put it out there. Since you're so confident that he's got a I'm chance, not, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> we're gonna throw a dinner on this one. No, he's got a. He's I'll got a one. He's, he's got a better chance than Frank Mir. You said one percent chance. Okay, better, I'll tell I you said, what. Okay, that's I'll still a what. chance. I'll give <laughs> you. I'll give you Dos Santos, and I have to win by the third round. After the third, if it goes into the fourth round, you're a winner no matter who wins. No, you, no, you were so confident it should be two rounds. What? Yeah, two rounds. Three I think rounds. Dos Santos gets out of the I second round. I get three rounds. Dos Santos gets out of the second round. I get no, no. three so rounds. John, what are you talking about? One. You just said that he's you're got great stand-up. He's got good boxing. He's got heavy he's hands. Got he's got good boxing? He's got good. Not great boxing, but it's good. <laughs> They're fighting MMA gloves, too. That's a that Well, that was, that was your other point. Man, he's fighting MMA gloves. Yeah, yeah, so good. That goes against round. my guy. So here, I get the third round. Mouth is, John. I am third Give me round. the second round. Second it, round. The fight is for D- eight don't rounds. Don't be scared, homie. Right? Don't be scared, homie. I'm not scared. I'm yeah, giving you, are. you You're freaking out. five I said three rounds. Round. You You're chicken afraid. shit. You're afraid. You are You're afraid. so scared. I try, well, I try to one up. Get a tattoo on your finger, okay, buddy? Get the tattoo on your finger if I win. Come on, buddy. Don't be scared. If he goes past the second round, get that tattoo. Let's go. Huh? Uh, Josh is always right. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh, all of a sudden, huh? Come on, buddy. Come on. No, Who's scared now? Don't be scared, simple. homie. Real simple. I gave you, I gave you a simple I bet. Gave you, and, and you I gave chicken you a shit it out. One. You I said, even, oh, no. I want I it my way. I gave, you a, I gave you a very even You guys, listen to Johnny bet. backpedaling. He's three like, rounds. He's trying to roll himself out of shit. If it goes past three rounds, you win. John's backpedaling. Now you you want it to be less. You want you want to say, oh, if he just steps in the ring, he wins. You coward. No, I said two rounds. Yes, I know, that's and a, I told you three. That's a long time with a world champ boxer. Quit trying to change what I gave you. That's a it's long not happening. Time. That's a it's long not time. happening. Three rounds. You're afraid because you're scared. I'm not homie. afraid. <laughs> I got Puglia. He's gonna knock tattoo. him out. <laughs> okay, he can knock him out, but he's not gonna knock him out before the second. He'll knock him out by the no. third round. Oh, well, that's still three rounds. Exactly. I want two. I Three want rounds. two. I, no one no, cares what me, you want. Well, see, that's why you're afraid. I'm not all right, afraid let's move on. Bad. All right, next. <laughs> uh, all right. Next story. <laughs> let's get your thoughts on Chael's oh. Two rounds, John. Two rounds, John. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go, Chael. Chael oh. Sonnen cited for battery following alleged hotel brawl in Las Vegas. I know yeah. you guys already know a little bit about this. Yeah, look, I I talked to Chael. I I I, I uh, got in touch with him just to make sure that he was okay and everything was all right. And uh, you know, everyone's got their stories. And uh, I, you know, you see what you know occurred. He he told me his side. He goes, "Look, some people want to say things to my wife. That's not a good idea, and I don't blame." Him. This is very true, my friend. Okay, there's certain things that are off limits. Someone's wife is off limits. And uh, someone wanted to say something. Chael said, told me, he goes, John, I didn't, I didn't beat him up. I didn't, hurt, I didn't hurt him. I just scared him. And that's what battery is. So did he, uh, by putting a finger on him, that's battery. You know, there was no woman involved. I know people were saying because as he, he was being walked down the hall, one of the security guards had heard that there was a woman involved. 
there was not a woman involved, but said, you know, hey, who's the woman involved? And TMZ got the video of that, so they're saying that there was a woman involved. There was no woman involved. But Chael, in the end, he knows what went on. People are going to say their thing. I always tell everyone, man, walk away. But I will tell you this. First off, Chael's, you know, he's as straight a guy as you will find as far as out of character. You know, the the true Chael, this is a guy that goes to his hotel room, doesn't come out, you know, won't hardly goes to dinner with us if, if he did. You know, does everything. The best one is the comment that he made here because it, it, it's this perfect. This is great, you guys. Uh, Listen but, to this. But, but hold Keep on. John interviewed. But ahead. hold on. Hold on. But the truth about Chael is Chael is a family guy. He spends, he brings his wife and his family with him everywhere. He's fantastic as far as all that. And uh, no one has the right. His wife is a, she's a, one of the sweetest, kindest. She's beautiful. Unbelievable person. She doesn't deserve anything. Because someone thinks that they can say it and get away with it. I've always looked at it that way. Hey, be careful what you say because someone might put you in your place. Someone made a mistake. This is uh, Podcast Dave's era of people. This is what they do. <laughs> they think that when you say shit to people, there won't be any response. I'm sorry, man. This is not the internet. You're not going to get protected. Your keyboard is not going to save you if you say that shit to anybody's wife in front of them. I'm sorry. It's just not... It's not. I don't give a shit. And I think this is where... The internet has really, and social media has really given these people a platform to really believe that they are untouchable. Untouchable, and it's not. It's not. It's not true. You say or do anything. I mean, I was out the other day, and I was standing next to a couple of girlfriends of mine that were friends with with my uh, some of my other buddies. And there was their wives. One of them smacked one of the other girls' asses, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like, I just couldn't believe the fact that someone would just walk up and smack her ass. And I'm like, I mean, luckily we were at a friend's bar, so we were like, hey, get him out. And so he's thrown out. But it was like it could have got it could escalated real quickly. This obviously, if you're by yourself, which Chael is normally by himself with his wife and his kids, or just him and his wife, you know, uh, he doesn't go out. Like, and when John said he's very straight and narrow, like he's very. We see him in Hawaii. Very rarely we see him. We'll see him maybe at the restaurant. He doesn't hang out with us. He doesn't go out and he's not at the bar afterwards hanging out having drinks like the rest of us delinquents. Okay. Um, but he's, he's in his room either filming more of his podcast or doing more content or whatever it is he's doing. But he is very rarely not on the phone with his wife and his kids if they are not with him or he's filming his content. He is not someone to be out socializing, you know, and out there, you know, trying to be part of the crowd. He is not that guy. So for this to happen, these these guys, honestly, these guys had the don't let the persona get to you. His yeah. American gangster thing is it's all a shtick. And you guys need to understand it's a shtick. Like, you know, he's never lost and you know he's never you know he's never lost a round, <laughs> he's never lost a fight, you wouldn't know this and that. Like, it's all a shtick, you guys. He's quiet, he's very humble, he hates to be around other people, like he's not doesn't like big groups, like John said. And he wants to be around his wife all the time. And she's a sweetheart of a person. She and it's very rude that someone would say that, but I mean, I mean, obviously with him, he's someone's going to stick up for his wife, and he should. Yep. I think mean, this person got what they deserved, whatever it was that they got, you know. And um, I don't know the rest of the content. I didn't talk to him well, over the phone. The I whole thing. Reach out. He to got him. cited. Okay, yeah. so it was like a, you know, when you say we used to call it a frick. A, a, it was a you had taken. It was a release form. 
you would write it's a ticket it's like getting a speeding ticket it's like getting a you ran you ran a red light or you you didn't stop at the stop sign enough or something like that that's what he ended up getting so he didn't it's not like he got booked he didn't get booked he didn't go to jail he's going to end up it's going to be nothing but yeah the law enforcement has got to come there and he's they've got to do something that's what they did is they gave him the tickets all right, do you guys want to watch this little video? Oh, this yeah, it's great. perfect. This chill. is perfect. This is very fitting for this situation. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, chill predicted it years ago, and here's a video. One-on-one, two-on-one, or five-on-one. I'll make them all need nine-one-one. <laughs> John, uh, not Bob, Dave, play it again, man. I want to hear the beginning. One-on-one, two-on-one, or five-on-one. I'll make them all need nine-one-one. Couldn't have called it better. Jeez, that was great. That was because they well, called nine-one-one. Oh, that's great. Well, Chael, that's what happens, my friend. I mean, that's yeah. the that's the that's the atmosphere we live in, I guess, right now. So, um, hopefully, everything works out. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, guys, I want to thank you guys, but I want to also thank one of our biggest sponsors, MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code WayneIn. MyBookie.ag, use that promo code WayneIn. And we're going to give you a little bit of extra spending cash with MyBookie.ag when you guys use that promo code WayneIn. The reason why is because if you use that little QR code that's right there, they're going to give you some extra cash. Just because you guys follow us, you listen to us, we want to thank you guys for supporting us. But there's a lot of things to gamble on. Look, you could have bet on the fights tonight. You could have bet on the fights next week and the ones last week that were fantastic. All the fights that are coming up, coming in the future, as well as football. The playoffs are coming about. A lot of games are getting closer right now in terms of football. Basketball is coming around as well. You've got a lot of top games right now coming to fruition that like are setting this, the precedent for the playoffs. So make sure that you guys use mybookie.ag for all of your guys' gambling site. Use that promo code WAYNEIN. You guys will not be upset with the fact that we've hooked you guys up a little bit of extra cash. And that's because we love you guys because you guys have been supporting us and listening to us. We want to thank you guys so much for being some of our biggest supporters Thank you so much. MyBookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne, and, and good luck on those gambling. All right, let's hop into some of these fan questions. You ready? Yeah, and we're going to jump into some fan questions, and we're going to have some fun with this. And yep. Are we? Speak- yeah, well, of course, John. You know we are. <laughs> but when Josh sends me a screenshot of his DMs and says, this is yeah. going to be the fan questions, I know it's going to be a fun night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Josh, we're going to start with that one. So it's from okay. a guy called Tommy, um, and he says, Hey, Josh, I'm a fan and everything. Love the podcast, but you're a hypocrite. How do you say John Jones is eliminated from goat talk because of PEDs and sit there and say Cyborg is the goat over Amanda with all her, excuse me, with all her PEDs? All problems? her. Wow. Mm-hmm. All her PED problems. Okay, so to answer that question, I am taking in two two categories. One is I have the non-PED champ with the GOAT. And to me, that's George St. Pierre. And I'm I'm going to go, there's just George St. Pierre. There's George St. Pierre. I think probably even next is either like the Randy or the BJ. We're talking non-PEDs. If you want to talk about PEDs, you get into Anderson, John Jones. You get into, you know, um, Cyborg. You get into that bracket. I'm, I like Cyborg as a person. But for her to be considered the female GOAT, I don't look at it that way. Now, I don't consider Amanda the female goat either. 
Okay, if I was to look at anybody, I would probably look at Valentina Shevchenko as her being the GOAT. And the only reason why you're like, oh, well, she lost to Amanda twice. She has also proven that she's a lot smaller than Amanda. Okay, and she has destroyed and dom. What, she's not, John? No, I don't know if she's demonstrated that she's... Oh, well, no, I mean, she's, she she's, fighting a weight, a whole, she's fighting a whole weight class below. Yes. You know I mean, like, where, where they had fought, they had fought at 135. Yeah. And so now she's dropped to a weight class below. She's just dominating everyone. And you could say that she be, she should have won one of those fights that she had fought Amanda Nunes. It could have went her way, should have went her way, I guess people should say. But regardless, look, when I say so-and-so is not, they're like, oh, you're being a UFC hater. No, 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 no. I am not a, I'm, I like John Jones as a fighter. But no, he cannot be the GOAT because he has some issues with the PEDs from the past. I feel the same way about Anderson Silva. Okay. And no, he should not be considered the GOAT because he's had issues with the PEDs in the past. Okay. I feel the same way about Cyborg because they've had issues with the PEDs in the past. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't like them as fighters. Okay. That's where the, that's where this is. Look, I have to, I have to talk in terms. I feel like I've got to say, I've got to clarify. When I say who the best fighter ever to me was, it's GSP. I can't think of another person. Like, do I think those other ones could have potentially have been them without the use? Absolutely. I think Anderson could have, and I think John Jones could have, but they didn't. And so then I don't put them there. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting her ahead of Amanda because of that, in that situation. And Amanda's right there. She's number one, number two, however you want to mix it. Look, when you're talking about the GOAT, it's up to you on how you want to mix it up. That's why I said GSP to me is one. BJ Penn and Randy are kind of, you know, mixed two and three, however you want to put them, because they never had issues. And I'm sure I'm missing people at the top, you guys. But those guys, to me, are not in that GOAT conversation. The reason why I posted after the Amanda Nunes thing is because I said, I'm asking, who's the GOAT now? That doesn't mean that I was talking about Cyborg. Who is it? That's an honest question. I'm asking for a friend because everybody wants to know who is the goat now. Yeah. Tell me. I, I honestly like you. So when I start talking about females MMA, I think this is one of the questions we're going to have for a fan question. But Khabib put out something saying that there won't be women's MMA in in his organization as of now because there's not enough females to go around, and we're seeing that right now. The UFC has the the the, the handle on the women's, I think, because. When Strike Force folded, they got all the women, you know, and they, they, all of them went there. There was, there was basically, they started kind of plucking some from Invicta, started plucking some from other organizations here and there, but they all went there. And so that, that put the stronghold on the females MMA. Now Bellator's making a run at it and it's been difficult. I mean, they, they have got, they've got a couple good, really good. I'd say top five, top six are great. They're good fighters, really good fighters. But then you get below that, it gets watered down. And what Khabib is talking about is like he doesn't want to get into that market of I'm going to start putting together fighters. Well, if they all want to go to Bellator, they want to go to the UFC, why would I want to do that? And so it's why am I watering it down? There's not a ton of female top-level fighters out there right now. There's not enough for three organizations or four organizations because you have one also that puts them on. And you've got a PFL that puts them on. And now you've got, you know, like this is, they're all trying to steal each other's champion right now with Kayla Harrison and, and other fighters that are around. And so when I ask that question, it really comes down to who do you think the best fighter is, the best female fighter out there is? Because when I start looking at it right, I'm thinking Shevchenko is probably number one right now. And I'm going outside of the PED use. I'm going Shevchenko. I, I got to put somewhere in there. I'll put Amanda obviously probably next, but I'd probably put somewhere in there Marlos uh, Marlos Conan. I put her in that mix, 
She was around from the beginning and she had some great fights. She's well-rounded, good all the way around. She's in that three and four range somewhere there. Well, she's a definite pioneer. She's a pioneer. That's where it's yeah. kind of hard because the, the levels have definitely changed yes. a lot since then. Yeah. The women's MMA is still in that growth spurt. Yep. And I've said this forever. They're in that Frank Shamrock era, I think, right now where they're all getting really well-rounded, but they're not all of them are, are well-rounded. You still see some that can strike, still see some that can grapple, and they're kind of mixing it up. They're getting just past that that Frank Shamrock era, just a tiny bit. And so we're now we just need more of them. And there's not, a, there's not a lot of them out there. And so that's, that's where my perspective is on that. Yeah. But when you bring up Khabib and, and the Eagle fighting championships, is it the fact that there's not a lot of women out there or he just doesn't like watching women fight? I think it's a combination of both. John, I think so I think too. It's a, I think it's a combination of both. Like, why would I put a lot of effort into it right now? When you see other top organizations struggling to put top 10, the top 10 female fighters out there on their roster, like Bellator has six and seven, maybe or five to six of the top ones that are there. And then you get below that and they're interchangeable, you know, like you can pull them from wherever. And the same thing with the UFC, you start getting past six and seven. It starts to get a little watered down where the number, the number 10 can beat the number five because they're, there's not that much difference between them. And that just has to do with where they're at in the sport. That's it. The, the growth of where females MMA is right now is they're behind because they started from behind. You know, I mean, there was, what, 20 years before, however long was it? No, it well, wasn't 15, 20 years. No, it wasn't 20 years. It was what, <laughs> 2005, 2000, no, 2004, no, the, 2005? Like, truthfully, women's MMA was kind of starting about seven years behind. Let's just, okay, that's you know, a long it, time, John. It is. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just being honest with, I want to say the first, uh, Not it's not the first women's uh, MMA fight I saw, but the first one I could say there was a show was Hook and Shoot, Jeff Osborne. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that that show was in 2000. It could have been 1999, somewhere in there, but it, w- it would have been close to where he he did a whole show that was all women and stuff. But, yeah, absolutely, they they were behind in, in uh, getting things going and everything like that. But it's really broken into groupings now because you have – the UFC has definitely got, you know – They've got all the good straw weights in the world for the most part. You know, yeah. they've, you know, that, that division is owned by the UFC. There's no other real promotion. You can take a look at one has got a couple of, they've got like Angela Lee. She's mm-hmm. really good. Uh, Nicolini is a very good grappler. Um, but as you say, kind of limited one style trying to figure out how to do the, you know, the other styles. You can get into the 125s, and there's good 125s in, in both, but definitely Valentina is, she's the, the the top dog of it. The 135s owned by the UFC, 145s kind of owned by Bellator. I guess you want to say lightweights owned by PFL. There's just yeah. not a whole lot of those. So, yeah, there there is that, you know, whole thing. But when you're getting in, let's go back to the start of this was you were a hypocrite because <laughs> of – Saying that you know John Jones is is not the the greatest of all time because of PEDs. Look at let, we got to be honest and take a look and say that's going to be perception and ev- everyone's going to look at it differently. And I know how you look at it, and you know I'm I always go by. Hey, I can't say what people are doing. Has Chris Cyborg ever tested positive? Yes, back in California, she got popped for I think it was Stanozol. It was a metabolite for it. 
which can be a lot of different things, but it's a steroid. So, but then she went through her entire run with the UFC being tested. She did pop or something, and then they proved that no, that was uh, it was a false on it. So she never, you know, she 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 was clean throughout all of it. So that's telling me she's a clean fighter. She had the one. Yes, John's had multiples, but you got to go with it's fighting. Who's the best fighter? That's just the way I look at it. You know, because you can't sit there and say who was clean and who's not. Yeah, it's unknown. Un- uh, unfortunately, it's unknown. So uh, to, to try to break it down into the groupings and have an asterisk by someone's name, I just don't do it. I just say, you know, this is the person I think is the best of all time. This is the person I think is the most dominant. You can agree with me. You can disagree with me. That's fine. I don't yeah. care. But it's a t- it's a tough situation. No, I, I get exactly where you're coming from, but I feel like when I have to explain to people that <clears throat> there's a there's a PED division, and then there's the there's, <laughs> there's the, the, the division of the people that weren't that way. Well, you it used to I mean? be like, I mean, well, like, see, at, at at one time, okay, let's just let's be honest, let's go back in this, you know, especially in Pride, Pride, they didn't uh, they didn't frown on it, they pushed it. John, it was in the contract. We don't test for steroids. <laughs> exactly, because they pushed there. it. That's what it I'm was, saying. They tested for marijuana, cocaine, but they said we do not test for steroids. It was the in love. the contract. I know, and so yeah. that's my, my whole point is, look, a lot of guys had their careers when it was legal. You know, it wasn't it wasn't illegal. So it's, it's hard to say, you know. I, I, you just got to go with, in the end, you just don't know about anybody and saying, who was really clean? Who was not? Do I believe that you know Saint Pierre was clean? I do believe he was clean. Okay, no, I, not a doubt in my mind he was clean. Are there other guys? Yes. Are there guys that I know that were dirty that some people would say were clean? Yep. Yeah. So it's hard to say. Yeah, I agree that it's hard to say, but I, I <laughs> we're talking like I said, we're talking about fighters like like John who has been caught. I think I think I don't think he ever needed it. That's I don't think he did either. And that's the problem that I have. Like, and I actually, I, there was comments that he had made, I think on Twitter a long time ago, talking about how the AK guys don't like him. And I said, no, what we don't like John is that you wasted your God given talent being a cheat, you know, and being, and being dumb with the other stuff outside the cage. But that's, that's separate from his fighting stuff. But that's what we didn't like. Like, that's what I didn't like. I mean, like you, you were, you were God given talent. Yeah, it, well, it, I it's like. hard not to like, what John Jones brings to the cage when he oh, fights. Geez. Absolute insane. He's just incredible. How, yeah, how could you not be a fan in terms of his fighting style, the things that he's done, especially when he was younger? Yeah. I mean, the stuff that he was doing was... Oh, my God, come on. When he did the spinning elbow attack on freaking Stefan Bonner and dropped him, you look and you go, oh, my yeah. God. You know, mm-hmm. just the way he did stuff. And he was the only guy that could do it for a while. Yeah, and when I look when I look at like when I said like the this division, I look at GSP, BJ Penn. You almost hear it's almost like watching baseball. Remember, you had the steroid era. You had Sammy yeah. Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, all of them, right? That were out there ripping home runs. That all went away. But guess what? I don't believe any of them are in the in the Hall of Fame right now. I don't believe so. I don't think that they got accepted yet. I don't. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't follow baseball all that much. But last I checked, Barry Bonds wasn't in. And so <clears throat> that being said, I mean, that lets you know how people hold these these things accountable. Now, are we doing the same in terms of the sport? I don't know. 
the UFC has their Hall of Fame. There's an MMA Hall of Fame outside of the UFC as well. But I, I don't know. Like, John, I don't know how to view it because I feel like, honestly, there's been fighters that I've fought that have tested positive. Yeah. And those are fighters, and I've lost to them. And it's frustrating because how long were you cheating before that? And how long were you cheating? How much? How many times did you cheat after that? And that's what's frustrating to me is because, like, should I have had those losses? And it's an unknown. Yeah, it is a very much unknown. And it it, is. it bothers me. It bugs me a little bit because it's frustrating, you know? And uh, this is a hurt business. And how much how much did I get hurt based off of you cheating? <laughs> how much damage did I take? How much more power did you possess because, yeah. you know, in your punches? Did I get rocked? Did I get did I get in trouble with you because, you know, because you had a little bit extra power or a little bit more cardio? Were you on were you on other stuff? Were were you taking EPO back then to to make your cardio better? It could be anything. You know, and so <clears throat> there's a lot of things, man. I, I just I have to I have to put them in a separate category. And I put GSP, BJ Penn, Randy Couture, you know, all the ones that never tested hot or never got tested for dick pills and and all of those <laughs> things. Okay. That and and you guys can criticize me all you want. Okay. Yeah. And, and this is this has nothing to do with UFC, has nothing to do with Bellator, has nothing to do with PFL or one or any of those. It has to do with the athletes themselves. And as a fighter, you guys should be fucking pissed off. That your people you were fighting had tested positive. You should be mad. So, all right, next. Next question from Noah Sakurada. Um, in the Kevin Holland versus Darkest fight, what if Dan stopped it when Kevin went out, uh, but not because he saw the head clash, but just because Kevin went out? Then in post fight replays, we find out the head clash. Could that retroactively be ruled on no contest by finding out about the head clash and post fight replays? Thanks, guys. Just side note, I only wanted to ask this because I wanted to watch you two guys get in a fight. <laughs> what you side said note. was exactly what happened, basically, other than the only part that wasn't part of it was Dan said he saw the head clash. And if you you know you see it in the replay, it's the same outcome. It's a no contest. Doesn't matter if he went out or not. I think he's asking though, if Dan had called it for uh Dacus based on Kevin going out. He did. He, if you don't recall, freaking Dan wanted to give that fight to Dawkins, and they said, let's look at the damn replay. And then they looked at it and they talked, and he said, it's a no contest. Yeah, but I think he means yeah. if it had been ruled a victory for Dawkins. And then that's what, that's what the question's asking. Could he have gone back? Never kind of like mind. Josh, kind of like what Josh did when you, when you uh, let Patricky headbutt him. <laughs> what he fell down? <laughs> <laughs> I slipped and fell. No, I really I think <laughs> the right decision was made, and that's all yes, that matters. That's all that matters. That's, yeah, that's all that matters. The right decision was made, and that's all that matters. Dave, it backfired, man. <sighs> you didn't you didn't read it right. Next question, Dave. Uh from <laughs> from Andres Santiago. Question question for both. Dustin has said he is most likely done at one fifty five when we move up to one seventy. Do you think he would hold up in welterweight division in the welterweight division and who should be his first opponent? Keep up the good work. <clears throat> well pull up the welterweight division. Let's take a look. There you go. John, right off the bat, I say no. But <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat, I say no too. No. You're gonna tell me you want to put him against Chemaev. Uh I think he's got a decent chance against Bilal Muhammad. I think he's got a decent chance against Kiesa. <clears throat> he could fight with Kiesa, no doubt. He, he could, could fight with Masvidal, even though he never will because they're teammates. Yeah. Sean Brady, I think he's got a chance. I mean, I, I, these guys, I mean, I'm, what I mean by a chance is I'm going to give him 
You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of chance I'm getting. It. Like, uh, <clears throat> Masvidal, he won't fight. Steven Thompson, possibly. I mean, Steven's getting older. The speed's not as much there, but his style is a problem for everyone. I mean, Bilal made it look easy, but but, but Bilal is that aggressive, intense guy that will keep all- pressing on the takedowns. That's not Dustin Poirier's way of fighting. No, that's not He's his. He's going to walk you down, try to box look, you. I'm being honest. You could go and look and say, if Ponzinibbio, that would be a good fight. Uh, I think Dustin wins it. I think he's a more accurate striker. He's, he does, he throws straighter shots a lot of the time. I think he gets that. He would. I think he'd beat uh, Lee Jung Leung. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Neal would be a tough fight. <laughs> Jeff's got a yeah. lot of a lot of power. Fights very well. That would be one that Dustin would actually work towards getting to the ground, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to be effective. Uh, Chimaev, he's not going to out wrestle. He could possibly outstrike. I don't think he's going to. That's not a good fight for him. Bilal would be, I think Bilal style-wise, he would do well with. Kiesi would do well with. Brady, that's a, that's a good one as far as, I think the strength factor is going to be a problem for him. Mm-hmm. Sean Brady is is just, he's a very strong individual who's got good stand-up and got good ground, very much very similar to, uh, to uh, Poirier. Neil Magny, it's just a dog who fights very much like Poirier as far as good everywhere, brings an intense pace. But that you know, reach gets is in your be a face. Problem. Yep. That reach is going to be a problem. The push kick up the middle, the long jab, the activity, the the cardio, the endurance to go full five or full three if he needs yep. to, that'd be a problem. Yep. I mean, could he fight in the? He can absolutely fight in the weight class. Are there are there fights that I think he he would be the favorite? Yes. Yeah. There's fights I think he would be the favorite, but then there's fights I think that he would be definitely the underdog. Yeah, see, I look at guys like Leon. I think Leon would be a tough fight for him, but I give him a chance against Leon. No, I think that's a good fight for him, actually. I don't give him a chance against Gilbert Burns. Eh, that one, I'm okay with that one. Now, he could lose it, no doubt about it, but he could win it. What about Colby? <laughs> there's a little bit of that. That That's a tough one for him, in my opinion. They know each other though, John. So there's a lot of things that we don't know. Yes, you know, they like do. They know they, each other. Yeah, they don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, they know each other. They know the training. I would like to, to see that one. I'd pay to watch that one. <clears throat> Me too. Uh, in terms of watching them fight, there. I mean, I, sure. Let's let's let it run. But why? Just stay where you're at, man. Make. I think. I think one fight and you're back at a title shot. Do it. He doesn't want to make the the weight cut. I know, but that, that title money is different. Speaks differently. <laughs> Speaks on a different level right there, that title money. Yeah. You know. Next. All right, the next one from Joe Ring, who asks, question for both. What is your favorite bad take you have heard from someone watching a fight? Example, if that was me, I wouldn't have tapped out to that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, have you ever watched a fight at a bar? <laughs> just, just fucking... Just take a listen around. Jeez, they're everywhere. I mean, should I have watched fights around friends? And they're like, oh, my God, that guy. We just gave up. What a pussy. And I'm like, oh, jeez. You guys, you guys have only known. They just took, he just took 20 unanswered shots. And just because he tapped to the choke, he's the, he's a pussy. I get it. Oh. Um, I don't know. There's so many. I can't, I can't even list how many bad takes. I've heard them from professionals. I've heard them from people calling fights. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard so many different ones. They're really... I don't know. It's it's hard for me. I've heard fight. I've heard commentators say, "Oh, it's over. It's over." And the guy gets out. <laughs> oh, he's tapping. No, he's gonna tap. He's gonna tap. It's over. And guy escapes. Like, oh gosh. 
you know so I, no i can't i can't list how many but yeah definitely the ones on the people from the couch if you go to a local bar you'll hear just just keep your ears your ears open you'll be hearing the, them all the best one the best one ever is they got the guy that stand up there punch him in the dick mm-hmm <laughs> Give him the dick twist. That's the worst one <laughs> That's ever. That's the one. Give twist his dick. That's the best one. <laughs> Next. Next question from Joe Capello, who asks, why MMA organizations don't do like soccer and international championship where all the champs from different organizations fight each other for a belt? I tried that. That's because the big dog is the UFC and they don't want to put their champions up against someone else's champions because if their champions didn't win, which is always a possibility in a fight, doesn't look good for them. It, it diminishes their product, and you can't blame them for it. I don't blame them for it. I understand it. So yeah, you're I never going to get that. It's smart yeah. on their part. It's, Absolutely. It's brilliant on their part. As long as they're the, the biggest organization in the world, that they can go ahead and go ahead and keep writing the rules. And that's what they're doing right now. They're they're. I said this on Joe Rogan. When I talked with Joe, I said, I feel like there should be an Olympics, say every two years or four years, where you have, you don't have the champions fight. You have maybe one champion fight as the headline. So you have the, whoever you feel like should be the one that everyone wants to see. Maybe you, I don't know, maybe whatever you can come to agreements with. That ain't okay, going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, say there's, I, I, I agree with that, but I'm saying that if you're going to take like the Olympics, you say, hey, I'm going to take someone from the PFL. Like, I would love to see Angela Lee fight somebody in, in Bellator, fight someone in, in the UFC. I would love to see oh, yeah. that fight. Yep. I would love, I would love to see anyone from the PFL, you know, uh, Clay Collard or Ray Brother Cooper fight somebody from the UFC or fight someone from Bellator, fight someone from, from one. Those fights, I want to see. I want to see all these fights happen. Now, if we were to do those, like say that they're not champions, I think you mix the undercard, the main card, all with fighters that are not champions. So then, no one's really getting hurt all that much. For you give me some good name value on there, right? From each organization. But then you have the main event be a fight that the whole world wants to see. Let's make that fight. You know, I mean, here and if I was to say the very first one, John, the very first one, guess which one I would make. I would make Cyborg and Nunez. You want to know why? Because there's no one else for them to fight. Kayla no. Harrison. That's it. There's Kayla Harrison. So I can maybe put Kayla in there for either one of those girls, females. Okay. And I could replace either one of them with Kayla Harrison. And that would make for a really action-packed, fun main event that everyone right now is buzzing about because Kayla's a uh, free agent. I think it's perfect. And then you line the bottom ones with people that are in the top 15. People that kind of like, that you kind of would like to see fight each other. It really comes down to that. I would like to see that every, say, three to four years or every two years. Maybe you do it every two years, you know, and you just put a card together of, say, 15 fights or 14 fights or whatever, 12 fights, 10 fights. I know no one, I know commentators don't like to call 15 fights in a row, but <laughs> sometimes you do. You know what I mean? So I'd like to see that. I think if you do it like as like an Olympic type thing where you get people from all different areas of the world, you know, that are fighting each other, and then you would end up with a huge pay per view turnout and whatever promotions are involved. They split whatever it is, but I think you'd end up getting. I think it would end up crushing the pay per view numbers. I, that's what I think it would be. I really believe so. I just look at it and say, if you're the UFC, why? Yeah, why? That's true. I, why am I going to do that? You know, this is and some was somewhere somewhere along the way, someone's going to be saying I'm a UFC hater for saying this. Yeah, I, I'm not 
hating. I'm I'm saying they're being smart because there, yeah. there's nothing for them yeah. to gain. Nothing. No, I, agree. I just yeah. so why do it? Doesn't make That's sense. True. That's true. Next. Next question from Mr. C. Mullen, who asks, how many amateur fights would you guys say is a good base for someone who's first time competing in MMA and they haven't got 20 plus fights in kickboxing or purple belt in jiu-jitsu like fighters used to have? Uh, what, like for them to start, what would be their best base? I would like, say wrestling. Yeah, uh, he says, no, no, uh, no. how many how fights many amateur in amateur fights? Well, I don't know. I didn't come from an era of amateur fights. Look, if I'm going to get punched in the face, I'm going to get fucking paid. Okay, that's <laughs> the first thing. You're lying. I'm sorry. You're lying. I I had the one, John, where I paid 25 bucks to fight. <laughs> okay. 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 So there's but your amateur fight. I didn't even look at it as even an amateur though it's a professional. fight. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even look at it as an amateur fight, even though it's, you know, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would say one that I get. I don't know. Like, I don't, no. I don't know. Like, I, I would, would just rather get paid. I would tell you, first off, the, the, where people make a big uh, comparison and make a mistake in the in the comparison is amateur boxing compared to amateur MMA. There's a big difference in the two. And you can do a whole lot more in the amateur boxing world than you can in you know, amateur MMA. The amateur You have IMAF now that has a world championship with amateurs. But we're seeing the, the amateur uh, records are starting to grow. And it used to be people would have three to four, sometimes five amateur fights. Then it was getting in six. Now we're getting into the tens and some some people getting into the fifteens. Where what the amateurs is good for is this. It doesn't matter. In in reality, it doesn't matter how good you are as an amateur or if you're not good and you're losing. As soon as you turn pro, you're O and O and that's all that matters. That it all goes from that point. So what the amateurs are for and should always be for is learning learning how to prepare for a fight learning how to cut weight if you're going to have to cut weight for the fight learning how to go and get to weigh-ins and how to get to the back and where you're going to be at how to warm up and how to take the pressure of walking out in front of people that are actually watching you and you're the only one stepping in the cage it's a different experience. It's something that is not easy to do. And it's a good thing for a lot of people to just get that under their belt and get comfortable with it because some people are comfortable with it from the very beginning. And some people, even when they go into their pro career, they're still not comfortable. Yeah. But it's a good thing that the amateurs will allow you to do all that. And in the end, it doesn't matter. Your win losses don't matter. It matters to you personally. But, you know, there's a, there's a big difference in the way a, an amateur fight is not how it's scored, but how it's refereed. Completely different. You know, we, stop, we, we will never stop or we should never stop a fight on a submission when it's pros. We, we tell them exactly what will cause a stoppage. You know, you scream out in pain, that's going to be the same as a verbal tap. That's a stoppage. But we will let it break. You know, we will let it dislocate as a pro. All right, not nice, but that's what we do because you're a professional and you're able to fight your way out of things at times that, you know, we look at and go, eh, that's not good. But guys, just like you're saying, you know, the commentator's saying, oh, it's over. No, it's not. The guy gets out. And so we don't do that with a pro, but we will do it with an amateur. If you're not showing the proper defense or the ability to show us that you know what you're doing and trying to get out, 
and that submission is starting to work and the arm is bending and it's hyperextending, yeah, we will stop the fight. You got checkmated. It's not going to matter in the end. You're going to come back and do this again, and we're going to just try to protect your health. You know, So there's there's really good things about the amateurs, but I would say now you're looking at people getting somewhere close to the 10 fights as an amateur before they're turning pro. That's a fucking ton of fights. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, man. But it's, you got to also I'm... figure a lot of them are two minutes, two-minute rounds. Yeah. So there, you know, there, there's, there's no knees to the head. There's a whole lot of differences, no elbows. See, you know, that's a, what scares me, big differences. In What's a two-minute fight, right, you're fighting a good wrestler, the odds of you winning are pretty slim. If they take you down, I mean, like, they can hold you down for two minutes. And so, like, when I look at the amateur, sure, it all wipes off. But I would get, I'd get, I'd learn more by fighting someone in a five-round fight if it was, like, someone like a wrestler who just wanted to come out and take me down. Because I know I can push you for five rounds or five minutes hard to where I would have a chance to potentially get away and escape. Getting away in a two-minute period where once you lose a takedown, it's pretty yeah. much, that round's gone. Okay, stop. Stop. Okay. Here's what you're forgetting. You're forgetting what it was like when you first started. You're right, forgetting I was winning all the time. <laughs> and you're forgetting <laughs> how exhausted you got right away because of the nerves and the adrenaline. And I'll, you'll watch, I, I've watched too many guys that are great wrestlers go to yeah. amateurs, and within two minutes, they're exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> be, and it's not, it's not that they're not in shape. It's not that they can't go more than two minutes. It's they've had an adrenaline dump, and now everything is just compounding. It's, that's why we have amateurs. I know it's, I know, but it's like, I'm sorry, but if I'm taking any shots, I want to get paid for them. <laughs> that's just I how I am. Me. I don't I'm, blame I know you. I'm older now and I'm thinking a little bit more wisely, but uh, man, you, you're going to be punching me. I'm not doing 10 fights where I'm getting hit for no damn money. <laughs> get out of here with that. All right, next. Uh, next question from Marlon Johnson. Question for both. Do you think Charles can rule the 55 division for a long time or only until he faces Islam? I don't think anybody, I'm being honest, and it has nothing to do with Charles. I don't think anyone is going to rule that division for a long time. I think that those days right now, I think the, the one guy that was going to do it was Khabib was going to have that run, I thought, based upon his style and what he was able to do and the domination that he had. I think that title is going to end up, you know, you're going to see a guy like Charles be able to defend it, just like he just did. And maybe defend it again but again it's difficult when everybody you're facing is a killer and they're all different killers there's different st- different things about each one style that you have to then get prepared for and it's it's just hard to stay on top when you have that because you've got a guy who's coming in who's got a freaking laser beam focus on you he's got an aim point you know in the middle of your chest you are the target and you've got to be 100% all the time. That's not an easy thing to do. No. And with the 155s, they're killers. And so I, I, nothing, I'm not saying this is any, against Charles at all. I think he's probably, and he could have that run. It's just not, if you're a betting person, you're saying that's not going to happen. Yeah, if you look at, I think the longest has been, what, three or four title defenses in the lightweight division. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, every, the champions have turned over so fast. Yeah, I think it's been the, the longest has been three. I think, was it? Well, BJ had BJ, it for more BJ than three. Had, well, BJ won it against uh, Joe Daddy. Then he, or did he beat, did he no, beat no, Sean no, Shirk no. for it? Sorry. Sh- no, he won it against Joe Daddy. Then he beat Sean Shirk. And then he beat uh, Diego. 
and Kenny. Did he beat Kenny? He beat Kenny. So he beat four. So he's got four. Yeah. Then he lost to Frankie. So I think he may have the most title defenses. I'm trying to, Maybe. Trying to find up something that Yeah. Lists, I think I think say. he may have the most title defenses. <clears throat> I can't think of somebody else who had the title that long and defended it that many times. There's I not. I mean, what does Khabib have? Khabib has three. I want to say he he beat Iaquinta to get it, right? He ended up having one, two, three, three, three title defenses. I think. Maybe so four. then, three title defenses would tie him with BJ. Yeah. So how, what it would be is so Khabib. Uh, here, yeah. I don't know the weights that he's got. I'm trying to find just specifically lightweight. Let's see if it lightweight's right here. Um, so so okay so so who he won it from? He won it from Joe Dowdy. Was BJ. Then he fought, who did he fight next? He fought Kenny, I believe, or Shirk. So it was Kenny, then Shirk, and then then uh, Diego. Kenny, Shirk, and Diego, and then he lost it to, to uh, what's his name? To, so to it was Frankie. an open title when he when he beat Joe Daddy. No, Joe Daddy was the champion. No, he wasn't. Joe Daddy was I never thought, champion. I, be- I believe no, I he guarantee was. he wasn't. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I thought no. he was the champion. No. How, then how did he become an open champion? Well, he beat. What the hell was it? I thought Joe Daddy was the champion. No, I know he wasn't the champion. Jens Pulver was was Who BJ's fight because he was in the Ultimate Fighter before then. You want BJ Penn shirt? Uh, BJ Penn record? Yeah, go to BJ yeah. Penn. Okay. Because he came back from <laughs> Rumble on the Rock stuff mm-hmm. and fought George St. Pierre at 58. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. No, go scroll. You want to scroll to the Joe? De- go up. Go up. Okay. Yeah, so he fought. Where are they at? There you go. Jens Pulver, yeah, Joe it was Stevenson, open. Sean Shirk. Because that was for open? the championship. I know. But so Jen, Jens Pulver and him was for the championship. No, or was it Joe, that Joe was not Stevenson? because that was the Ultimate Fighter. That's what I because they both did the Ultimate Fighter. Um. So this this here shows the most defenses, right? So um, I don't know, Frank Yeager was most defenses at lightweight or featherweight. Ah, three, three, so three for BJ. So he's got three. Three Where's for Khabib BJ. And three Benson. For, uh... Khabib's got three also. So Benson's got three. Khabib's got three. Frankie's got three. See? Khabib's and yeah, so you got Khabib, Benson, Frankie, and BJ all have three title defenses. And these guys weren't for lightweight, were they? Frank? Shannon? No, 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 all those guys. Yeah, Everyone above welterweight. Is... Yeah, <clears throat> but that's yeah, that's my point. So when you're yeah. taking a look at it, you're going, you know, is it going to be a, a long? You just don't get those. You had DJ that was at the flyweights. You had Anderson at the middleweights. You had George at the welterweights after a while. But it's not something that happens a yeah, lot. Yeah, when I look at that weight class, though, John, I, I really look at, I really just, I mean, I'm, here we go. Don't call me a homer. It's going to be <laughs> Islam. But I don't know if he's going to get past three. I don't know if he's going to get past three. Yeah, see that, I look. That's... I look at that division. Like you've got, you've got young talent that could potentially make and be making their way up. You know, I mean, Faziv. I know he's stylistically not a good matchup for Islam, but I'm saying he's got power. He spins kicks. He's got power in his hands. And then we just saw Brad Riddell, like Brad Riddle or whatever Riddell, whatever you want to call him. Riddell. He's fucking good too. I know he's only in the top fourteen. He got beat. He's by getting Fazeev. a little bit older. But I mean, like you've got guys that are in there, and there's going to be another run of of young talent coming up here. Shortly, they're oh, gonna yeah. come. Oh, yeah. So within the, the amount of time that Islam and Darius and these guys get to the title, there's gonna be a new generation of fighters. Look, Tony's kind of gonna be kind of on his way out. He's 37, 38 years old. Yeah, but you so got Sarukian coming up. 
Yeah, DeSanjos, DeSanjos is kind of on his way out also. He's getting a little bit older as well. Chandler's going to be kind of on his way out as well because he is getting older. He's 35, 36, 35, I think. You know, Connor, who knows, man? I don't even think he's going to really be in this conversation, to be honest. Uh, I haven't At seen 55? Gillespie fight in a long time. He's got a lot of weight to lose now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the other thing. See, that's the other thing as well. I don't know why he's even there. Um, you know, so you've got these conversations. I, I think Sarukian is very good. Yeah. He's extremely good, you know. Um, you know, there's guys in that conversation to be had that are that, but there's gonna be a new generation that comes up. Yep. So, but I, I would say Islam, I think he wins the title because I know that I talk about how good Oliveira is on the ground. Charles Oliveira is a stud on the ground. I'm telling you guys right now, Islam is just as good as him. Stylistically different, though, not the same type of jujitsu type that you guys well, are thinking. But let, let's just. Let's be honest about it and put it out there the, the way it truthfully is. He could be just as good of him. Charles has been submitted, and Islam could be submitted too. Yeah. Yep. Very true. So very true. But I think we're gonna see we're gonna see, man. We're gonna that's the great thing about this sport. We're eventually gonna see how this all plays out. Yep. Next. Uh, next question from Bilal. Great show, hashtag Anstow. Question for both. What do you think about Khabib's Eagle FC planning to introduce new ideas into the promotion, like changing the structure to that which is similar to NBA and F1 racing? I, I don't know what the, I don't know what that is. I'll have to read up on it more on how they what do you mean by the structure? I don't I don't follow F1 racing at all. So I don't know what that means. Formula yeah, one. Assuming that's for, I know it's Formula One, but I have no idea how their structure is for the I don't either. Yeah, they just race. Uh, NBA, NBA is okay. You win eighty something games and you end up playing in the playoffs. Okay, That's, wow. If you, you know, win eighty some games, you will definitely get in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you win, you win a certain amount of games, you make the playoffs, and you play for a title. Like you, you compete, and I, I don't know how that changes things. You work your way up the rankings, you you fight for a title. That's how it works. Um, I like that he's introducing new weight classes, uh, and they're not really new, but they're just ones that are not being used. Because he brought up a very good point, and we've been bringing that up for the longest damn time, and a lot of people have. There's not a lot of fighters. That, there's there's a lot of fighters that are in that middle between 155 and 170. I think there should be a 165 and a 175 and a 185. And then you skip the 205. Because I know it's an unfair jump from 185 to 205. It's 20 pounds. I know that's unfair. But there's just not enough talent to to sew those two weight classes like you can't i can't thread the needle in the middle and be like okay look now i'm gonna steal some from 205 which is already kind of not a stacked division sure there's maybe five or six maybe seven or eight in some division in some in some promotions but you're it's there's not enough top level fighters at 205 and the same thing goes for 185 there's not enough enough top level fighters at 185 because some of them are going to want to meet in the middle marvin vittori paulo costa they're going to go to 95 so you're gonna need a couple of those so you're gonna thin out the two divisions even more so that's why after talking with guys like Rich Chow and other people that were matchmakers and other organizations, they've said, like, look, we're kind of afraid to do that beyond because now you start watering down the top. You start watering down these divisions. So if you do it at 65 and then you have 75, it makes sense. But you will still potentially lose some of your 55 pounders to that 65 pound weight class. And you will potentially lose some of your 85s to your now 75. So now you've watered down the 85 even more. And so you can run into some problems there. And I, I like that he's doing it so we can see. But let's be honest. There's a ton of Russian fighters that no one fucking knows anything about. But they are all damn good. I mean, yeah. they are top level, top notch 
really good fighters. And he's going to go ahead and start utilizing the, like the Kevin Lees and other fighters like you're seeing with BKB. They're going to start utilizing the ones that are like, look, I can't do it anymore in the UFC. I'm going to go there. But guess what? Those young Russian fighters are going to make a name off you. That's what they're doing. If you yep. guys haven't figured that out yet, Khabib is <coughs> Welcome building a promotion. To the game. Yes, he's building a promotion around the fact that these the top-level Russian fighters, Dagestan, Chechnyan, or whatever, Kazakhstan, wherever they're from, and all around probably even China and even some from from uh from from Africa they're going to start bringing them up and they're going to start and they're going to start bringing in the old the old Bellator fighters and the old UFC fighters and they're going to start getting them beat so those fighters can make a name and they can make their way into the new into the bigger organization that's how this sport works my friends and so he's doing a good job when people said oh he signed with Khabib I don't know if that's a good thing cuz if you look <laughs> at guys if you look at guys like what's his name Rusov Razov or whatever his name is that kid is just a just a stone cold killer. Yeah, yeah. You is. know, and he can, yeah. And so, uh, I, oh, I mean, I, he may not be big enough for uh, Kevin Lee, but he's got all the ability to beat Kevin Lee, I believe. So, I mean, those are those are the kind of fights that he's going to be looking at. And so, like, is that the organization? You like, I he's he's gonna Khabib has something good. I'd like the idea of what he's doing with the weight classes in terms of the NBA and the and the Formula One. No idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I I would tell you this. Here here's the thing. It's fighting, and there's a reason why Khabib is bringing in certain people. But this whole thing with the weight class and stuff, I'm glad he's doing it. And it's just an excuse to sit there and say, "Oh, you're going to thin this out. Guys are going to go where they're going to go. Give them a weight yeah. class. They're going to they're figure out where they want to go." And I think it's good that he's opening up the weight classes. It's good that he's using 165. It's good that Kevin Lee was signed to 165. It's good that he's going to use 175. Open it up. It's more, it's it's like that, oh, we can't do that because bullshit. You can do whatever you want to do. Yep. It's a matter of do you want to do it or not. And he's doing it. Good for him. Yep. Last two, um, NMNM asks, do you think in some way Connor is the only real champ champ? All other double champs fought for a vacated belt. What is for you guys the true definition of double champ? <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Here we want to know the true defini definition of a champ is a guy that wins a title and defends it. How's that? <laughs> you got to defend the title. In fact, there's people that out put it out there that you're not the champ until you defend the title. So to sit there and say that he's the only champ, champ, no. Okay. Connor, Connor at one point in his career was phenomenal and he deserved everything that he got. He, he's the one that, you know, did the work for it. And, Maybe someday he'll come back and do it again. But to take it away from anybody else, I think Amanda Nunez defended her titles. Didn't she? You know, both of them, Bantamweight and Featherweight. So she's definitely a champ champ. All right. And it was no interim anything that she did. She, that's a champ champ. You know, Cormier, you know, he went from light heavyweight. He takes the title from Stipe. He defended it against Derek. That's a champ champ. That is just the way it is. Now, you could sit there and say that, oh, Cormier never beat John Jones. No, he did not. And uh, there's there's all kinds of things that you can put bo in both sides as far as why. But uh, he is the guy that followed the rules, did everything the way he was supposed to, and became the champion in the light heavyweight division. He is definitely the champion there. 
Yeah, I just look at it. Look, if you guys, I don't know about champ champ stuff, but if you want a title, you want a title, man. That's it. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah, people don't understand how hard it is just to even get there. You know what I mean? And to do it over a certain amount of time, a certain amount of period, and to maybe even get there twice or three times, whatever. Once you want it, you want it. You're the damn champ. And I, and I also look at it, too, even the other way. <clears throat> people want to talk about interim titles. I mean, some of them I was not really okay with, but guess yeah. what? They still performed at a very high level. They were in the conversation to be in that mix for the interim title, which means they're one of the best fighters in the world. Now, I, I don't know. Like, I have look at certain guys like a Tony Ferguson. He he should have fought for the title several times, you know, and he des- and he deserved it. He fought for the interim title a bunch of times. He was never the, considered the real champ, but I think he, I think he had a great opportunity, a couple of great opportunities to become the real champ, and I think he probably would have. You know, it was just a different. I think he was a bad style match for a lot of people. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, you know, I just think that like there's too many, there's certain fighters that once you got there, once you want it, you know, like winning it is the most important thing. Now maintaining it and doing what you can, it's it's even more difficult. But you're still you still got there, you know. And Eddie Alvarez talking about like, look, I got to the UFC title, I won it. He's like, okay, now what's next? Yep. Like that's kind of where a lot of fighters sometimes they think like that. Not just fighters, athletes. Okay, I've already won. I've already won the NBA title. Okay, I've already won the Super Bowl. Okay, now what's next? They almost feel like they filled up. They 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 need to find another void to fill. Yep. And it's hard. It's difficult to get up. You know, get motivated for that again. <clears throat> and so. And sometimes it takes time, but look, you've won the title. You've won the title. If you've done it twice, you're you're a double champ. I don't give a shit if you defend it or not. I feel like you're the double champ. I agree. You did, it, you did it two different weight classes. Fucking out. Fucking standing. Hello. <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from you, man. Well, let's see. Connor was the first in the UFC. Yeah. Well, if you really want to talk about BJ Penn, oh no, Randy Couture no. was. Randy well, was no. right. Well, he different. Light he wasn't, heavyweight and heavyweight. He was, yeah, but he wasn't simultaneous. Yeah, I, I, you won two belts in two different weight classes. You're a fucking champ, champ. Okay. All right. Like I don't see. I don't I'm look okay at it as like that. you had to do it and hold it together at the same time. The UFC wasn't allowing guys back then to do it. No, that's true. That's why. So if they said no, you got to vacate the other one. They don't want to hold the division. It wasn't yeah. until Connor came that they allowed something like that to happen. This is true. This is that's good the point. thing. Dana White controlled that position of it. BJ Penn, the, he had to either fight at seventy or he had to fight at fifty-five or whatever it was. He was able to go up, I think, to the GSP one fight. But then he came back down after that and defended two more times. I think at the other weight class, yeah. I, it just they weren't allowing it. Dana was not allowing it back then, yeah. and so that's why. But I, if you want to say who it was, it was Randy was first, I believe, and then yeah. it was BJ, and then it was Connor. I think after that, yeah. and then it, then a couple other people after that. Yeah. GSP. Well, Champ Champ suggests Josh that you are a champion and a champion. So if, no, Champ Champ I, suggests that you've won two titles. <laughs> Champ, champ. See, that's how I view it. That's how you view it. See how the difference is? That's what the difference is. The way you view it and the way I view it is different. If you want two different belts and two different weight classes, you are a champ, champ. That's it. You, you know, yeah, you, it's not simultaneous. Uh, I didn't say well, you, you could say, all right, the one that you can say, he's champ, champ, but it wasn't simultaneous. Okay. Because that was Randy. As you're saying, that was yeah. BJ. Yeah, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. But there, you know, there's also other guys. Patricio Pitbull, he did the same thing. Bader did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Got to give them credit for doing it, too, because it ain't GSP. easy. GSP did it. Yeah, GSP well, did it. GSP did it. 170, right. 185. All right, last one Next. from Krishnate Thar, rookie. 
Do you think the unified rules favour wrestlers more? If so, is wrestling the best martial art somebody can learn as a base before going into MMA? Uh, that's John's question, man. Like, I think <laughs> wrestling is great as a base, but like, if you don't know jiu-jitsu at all, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know and so like it doesn't matter how good a wrestler you are I, like i think i think everything has changed and it was it used to be guys came in with a specific you know style something that was their main thing that they did they were a stand-up striker a guy that did kickboxing they were a you know wrestler from you know collegiate days or they were a jujitsu stylist or sambo stylist they, they had that background now there is no one style that you need to be as your base. You need to have MMA as your base. If you can't wrestle, you can't fight. Let's just be honest. All right. Because you're going to have a hard time. It's not that you can't win a fight, but you're not going to have a successful career if you can't wrestle because people are going to take you off of your feet and beat you up on the ground if you can't wrestle. So you got to be able to wrestle. You've got to be able to do jujitsu because. If you don't know jujitsu, when they take you off your feet, you're, you're, you're toast. They're going to submit you, and there's nothing you're going to do to stop it if you don't know what you're doing. You've got to be able to stand up and fight. The fight starts that way, and if you have no wrestling, but you're a great jujitsu guy, and you're fighting a great stand-up guy, you're going to probably have a problem in getting them to the ground. You've got to be a mixed martial artist. This is This is no longer a... Oh, this is my style. This, you know, that, I said that the other day when you know Bruce was introducing Ty, uh, Ty you know, Tuivasa. When you know, he's a street fighter, and and Bruce will do that. In and it's not. I'm not saying Bruce is doing anything wrong. There's certain ones that he'll sit there. You know, he's a striker. He's a wrestler. No, they're mixed martial artists, man. And if they weren't, they wouldn't be where they're at. It's just too difficult now. Guys are too well rounded. There's too many things that you have to do and if you can't do those things you get you get put into a position very quickly to where people know exactly where they're going to put you in the fight and you can't get your way out of it until you learn that specific set of skills you need to be a mixed martial artist but wrestling is absolutely just as important as everything else ditto i agree ditto i like that <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, this is going to wrap up our Q&A and some of the news that we talked about today. So make sure you guys go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use that promo code and still pick up and one of our shirts still. for Christmas. For Christmas, for the holidays, for gifts, for whoever you would like. And uh, we've got it on all different colors, as well as our Karate Kid, our Terminator, our Home Improvement, all of these type of shirts that are up there. They're just fun. Something you guys can give if, someone, if you know someone that listens to our show. Also, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. And the link down below in the descriptions will take you to our Wayne in Extras channel. Hit that link. Subscribe to that channel as well because we're about to film Wayne Interjection, which will drop this week, and you guys will love that show because it's going to be fun, like it always is, where I'm always right, John's always wrong, and John yells over me, and everyone loves it because they like to talk to us. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this Q&A. Hopefully we got to your guys' question. If we didn't, we'll try and do another one hopefully in the next week or two because there's not a lot of thoughts to talk about that are coming up. So, John. Nothing for three weeks, basically. <laughs> what do you got to take us oh off the air, buddy? God, we are in a rut. No fights coming up, but it doesn't matter because we are here and we are going to talk about some great stuff. So everyone out there, thanks for coming and listening, and we will see you.